Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. Say it again. Say, I want to change. We all have areas in our lives that we would agree that I need to change. I could probably use some change in this area. But there's also some areas in each of our lives that need change that we might not want to change. And the church said, oh, me. It's true. As you surrender your life to Christ and and you begin saying, God, I want to be your vessel, he'll he'll begin pointing things out to you that need to be changed. And notice I said need, but we might not necessarily want the change. Something that I'm learning through this season of life is that life is very fragile. You can be here one day and gone the next. You can be at home one day and then the very next day you can be in the hospital fighting for your life. Life is very fragile and I don't want to spend a second more of my life not becoming who God has called me and created me to become. And it's my desire to, to put that out there because I think that should be a passion in all of us that we don't desire, we don't want to spend a second more of our life not becoming who God has called us to be. Everybody say change. And so something that I'm learning in life is um, life is full of change. There's seasons. Life is full of change, and change is inevitable. John F. Kennedy said this, and I quote, Change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past and the present are certain to miss the future. And that's been a problem in the church because we, we, we get so stuck in the past and how God used to do things and that revival, that tent revival back in 1965, wasn't it just a great move of God? And we hold on to what he once did. Or we'll say, man, this has been great. We're at the best place we've ever been as a ministry. We're reaching more people. All of that is true. But we can't get stuck on where we are today because we will miss the future. Anytime you get stuck here, you'll miss what's coming there. Same thing as in your marriage. If you're constantly looking back to all the good things and then you kind of you look at where you are now and go, man, things were so much better back then. Why aren't they like this? God wants to move your marriage from where it used to be, where it is, to where he wants it to be, but it's going to take two people surrendered to each other and God. John Max, Maxwell, you may recognize, he writes a lot of leadership books. It's books that we studied uh, at Intercall in the corporate world that Amy and I worked at years ago. And John Max, Maxwell writes in his book, change is inevitable, growth is optional. Change is coming, but whether or not we grow through it, that's on us. That's, 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 that's on us. But it is a beautiful thing when change and growth happen simultaneously. Because change is going to come. It's a fact of life. But if I grow through it at the same time, there is pure beauty and magic that happens in that moment. So I've titled today's talk simply this, Where Change Happens. Everybody say where. 
where change happens. So I want you to ask yourself, am I in the place where change can happen? Am I in the place where change can happen? And I want to start by saying this. When it comes to where change happens, environment matters. If you're taking notes, don't just look at me. I, I, I should be seeing you looking at your paper. Thanks, Dad. That's some Dennis Weber bold. I mean, you, shouldn't be, you should be going, am I in the right place for change? You yourself said there's areas that I need to change. There is no perfect marriage in here. Every single married couple or person in this room who, who is attached to someone, that relationship and that marriage could have some work. I don't care who you are and how well you can read the scripture, it can still work. It can still have some work to it. If Amy was here, she'd say, that's the truth, close and pray. That's all I needed to know. It's true. Change happens when you're in the right place. It's important that you're in a healthy environment. Everybody say healthy environment. Write this down. Seed without soil will never grow. Seed without soil will never grow. You can look at the little packets of seeds at Walmart, beautiful pictures, but you will never see that in living color unless you apply that seed to some soil and allow water and and things to, to, to nurture that. That's what's so cool and awesome about the body of Christ is God puts all of us in here to nurture each other. And it's not enough... It's not enough to just be full of potential. Every one of us, our lives are full of potential. It's not enough to just have the desire for change and to want to be something. And it's not enough just to be full of potential. You have to be planted. The psalmist David wrote this in Psalms 92, 13. It won't be on the screen. um, That says this, that those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. So where do you need to be in order for your life to flourish? I get it. There's lots of people. I, I, I've never understood how people can say I'm a Christian, and, and I get it. You don't have to. Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. There are people who come into church, churches all around America that show up that they, 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 just, they ain't always going to, it ain't always going to be, you know, you just coming up, being in a, going and standing in your garage don't make you a car. Okay? So coming to church don't make you a Christian. You can shine it all up. You know what I'm talking about? Wax on wax. You can shine it all up, smell real good, but you're still dirty and broken without Jesus. He'll put something on you. Ajax can't take off. Hello. Somebody's called the blood. It's called the blood. It's not enough to simply want to flourish. It's not enough to just have a desire to grow. If you want to see growth happen in your life, you have to take desire and potential and plant it somewhere. Every one of you have desire and every one of you have potential. It's got to be planted. That's why at Release City Church, we make it a priority to get you connected with each, with each other, with families, and to help build relationships and then serve together on the weekends. That's why we do that, so you can be nurtured together. We don't want you to just be a spectator. We want you to be a participator. Amen? Be a participant in what God is doing. Now, when we talk where, about where change happens, it's true that setting is everything. Setting matters. That's why when you, when you start dating your boo, that you, 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 y'all remember cassette tapes? 
students, y'all, y'all just bear with me for a minute. We're going back. We're going back. Cassette tapes, you would, ha- you would make a cassette tape just for her. What am I talking about? Huh? You would make the, you, you would put all of her favorite music in there. When she get in the car, you'd hit that, you'd hit that play button. You know what I'm talking about? In the, yeah, th- this is before CDs. You made your own personal date, date music. I don't know what you, y'all remember those? If he's real cheap, you'd get that, that you'd, you'd go get somebody else's cassette and you put that tape over the little buttons at the top so you could then record over it. The kids are like, y'all had to work so hard. I, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying. But we did all that. Why? Because environment and the setting mattered. <laughs> you can, you can, never mind. You can add candles to that setting. Y'all just, just work with me. Y'all can do all kinds of stuff. Why? Because setting matters. Anthony Grace is like, Daddy, I need you to stop right now. You was cool with the, with the cassette tapes, but stop with the candles. <laughs> just be glad everything that pops in my head, I don't say. Ain't everything for public consumption, and the church said, amen, amen. amen. Listen, I can think about all the different defining moments Every one of us have defining moments that defined who we are and made us up where we are today. I can think of all kinds of defining moments in my life. And, and, and I could tell you all the details, but I couldn't tell you the details about the moment without sh- telling you about the setting. There, there is a place in Vassar, Michigan, that, that my, one of the many churches that my grandfather uh, preached at when I was just a little, just a little bitty guy. And I knew all back then, this was the parsonage, and that was the church. And there was a long sidewalk. And I'll never forget, my, my grandfather would be at the church in, this, in his study, and I would be at the house, and, and I would want to just go to the church. And so I remember that I would knock on the, the door and say, Papa, Papa, let me in. And he would let me in, and, and I love my papa, but what I was really interested in doing was being on a platform. Now, that didn't make, I didn't understand the desire, but there was something about I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to be used to make a difference. So my papa would, and he was of the church, which I'm sure you can probably tell, they had the redback hymnals, and so he would stack the hymnals up behind the podium, and, and little Bradley, or they called me Buckeye back then, and you know, I never really understood why until I got up. But anyway, I called me Buckeye, and, and, and he would put me up there, and I would lead singing to an empty church. And I would go over, and I would play on the organ. It didn't sound beautiful at all. That's why the Bible said make a joyful noise. It was joyful, but it didn't sound real good, and that's why the church was empty. But, but I never understood why back then, but I understand now what God was doing and what he, he put the desire and he put the potential, but it mattered the setting that I was in to make sure it nourished and made sure that I was exactly where God wanted me to be. And I didn't always do it the right way. I straight away did my own thing just like you did, made a mess of my life just like some of you. And God has a way of bringing us all back. 2013, I mean, uh, uh, two th- uh, 1989, we moved to a little town called Chiefland, Florida. And then I moved away after graduation. 2014, we moved back. God will always bring you back to where he wants you to be, but it always starts with the setting and the environment. Are you in a place for change? My grandmother, this was, this was actually uh, in their home, this picture, 
And, and, and I always asked if something ever happened, I want this picture because it's a forever reminder to me. It is nothing to y'all. It's, it, it's cute and it's a very old picture, but it reminds me of my heritage and the legacy because it wasn't just dad. It goes all the way back throughout our family. So when I say I carry a legacy, it goes, goes much further than dad. And it goes much further than Weber's. And it goes much further than Lundy's. And it goes much further than Tyson. You know, it goes back all the way 2,000 years ago to the cross. That's the legacy we carry. That's why the Bible says, take up your cross daily, deny yourself, and follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Setting. Matter of fact, I remember the setting when I first saw Amy at the call center. When I first saw Amy Weber, she wasn't Weber then, but I used to, y'all know how y'all do, guys and girls, y'all always work to see how that would be, what it, Amy Weber, like, that sounds good. Like, before we ever dated, y- y'all, if you, you know, well, anyway, that was just me. But I'll never forget the day she walked in the call center, and I was really on an elevated platform, kind of like this, in the middle of the call center, and she walked by, she had these flow, she might be watching as she's driving or listening, she's probably like, you talk too much. And so, but I'll never forget these balloon cotton pants things with some they just they were I don't, I don't know it just it just mm, did something to be I'm just saying and so I remember everything in the call center went black and white and she was still there in living color and the first song that hit my mind was isn't she lovely mm. isn't she wonderful I wonder what she's doing after work it's the setting, and now I can go back to that same call center, and I remember, because y'all know we spend more of time in our work environments than we do in our home, so when I walk back in, and I have, I've went back to, that, to the call center to say hi to friends and things, and I'll never forget standing on the pod and watching her walk by. Mm, and a matter of fact, in the setting is everything, because there's a corner office, and that's where I proposed to her um, uh, 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 on Valentine's Day. She's probably like, did you forget when it was? No, 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 I got this. Let me, hold on. And so it's the setting. Many of you here today can remember times at youth camp and other churches. I'm going somewhere. We're going to get into the word. I'm trying to build this up so you understand that if you want to change, if you want change in your home and change in your marriage and change in your kids and on the job, that environment matters. Where you are now is going to determine what happens to you tomorrow. That's why we start off the first, the first day of the week together in the house. Amen? Amen. Amen, amen. It's defining moments. There'll be a time when we're going to be on our, our 12 acres of land, and we're going to drive by this shopping center on our way to the church, and we're going to look back, and we're going to remember the defining moment and moments where it all started, where, 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 the, where, where we begin to see in the, middle of a, in the middle of a pandemic, where we begin to see the visions flourishing and ha- happening. And we're going to be like, it was in that place. God, thank you for where we are, but thank you for where you brought us from. See, and then we're not going to get there and arrive and go, oh, we finally arrived. Everybody come to Release City Church and see what the Lord has done. No, we're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep reaching people because there's a lot of broken people in this in this community and in this city and places where you live. Hallelujah. One thing that you'll learn about God as you study scripture, that places matter to God. Places matter. Matter of fact, there's a story in the Old Testament, uh, and it's a story, um, this is not where we're going to go, but I'm going to just share this one piece with you, where Moses had passed away, 
And Joshua moved in to, to carry the children of Israel onto the promised land. And as they were trying to step into what God had for them, they came upon the Jordan River. And we remember the story when Moses was fleeing Egypt and, and, and God parted the Red Sea. He did the same thing. He dried up the river so that they could walk, walk through on dry ground. And when they got across, God told um, Joshua to take, to take 12 stones from the, from, the, from the riverbed and stack them on the land. Why? Because, because it's, it matters where you come from and it matters what you remember. And so he said, you put these here and then every time you pass, you'll be reminded of what I've done in your life and what I've done for my people. The question I want to ask you today is, where are your 12 stones? Where are your stones? Where's the moment in your life when you can say, it was this pivotal moment in my life when, when things began to change and I began to walk out this life and this journey of faith. Do you know where your stones are stacked? And, and, and the, the danger is life gets so crazy we forget. And the problem uh, with forgetting is our faith suffers when we forget. Because it's, it's me remembering what God did that fuels my faith to know that he's going to do it again. He's the same God. Seems like somebody already said that today. He's the same God. So don't forget what God has done for you in your past. Amen? Let me say this. I got, I got so much. I, I, I just I, I want to help you with this today. How many knows that you can change your setting, but it doesn't always change your story? I, I meet people all the time. If I could just change this job, I could be who God wants me to be. If I could just change this spouse and find me a new spouse, then I could change. Well, it's true. Changing your location doesn't put you in the place where change can happen in you. My question is, are you at a place where change can happen? All right, so let's go, let's go, let's go straight to the word. So I wanted you to understand that environment matters, but environment is not only the place. You still have to be in a place. It's kind of like this. You can be in this room and not be in this room. I must keep looking at that back wall because sometimes I'll be scanning the room and I'll be like, I see them, but they ain't here. You can be here, but not be here. You can move locations and still not be where you need to be for change to happen. So let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 1. Somebody said, I've been waiting for 20 minutes for you to get in the word. Let's go. Me too. But sometimes foundation is critical and foundation is important. And that's what we just laid so we can build this thing up. Today I want to give you three questions that we must ask ourselves in order to come up with the answer, am I in the right place for change? It's not enough to simply want to change. We actually have to be in a place where change can happen. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Before I go there, this one will not be on the screen. I wanted to, sh I wanted to share this with you right here. Verse 29 says this. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in the bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then he didn't even say, in my name, be healed. He just grabbed her by the hand, and she sat up. 
Then the fever left her and she prepared a meal. Aye, aye, aye. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Some of you are around people who are influenced by the enemy, and you got to stop letting them talk. Moving right along. Mark chapter 135, before daybreak, the next morning, all of this has happened, right? He's, he's healed people. He's cast out devils. Before daybreak, which means in the middle of the night, before daybreak of the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Everybody say isolated. So the first question that we have to ask ourselves, if I'm in a place for change to happen in me, you have to answer this question, where's my isolated place? Where's my isolated place? Jesus is at Peter's mother-in-law's house and he heals her. Peter hear, hears about, uh, people hear about Jesus being there, so they, so, the, and, and so, so they brought the sick and the demon-possessed. And as we study Scripture, we realize that this is the pattern or the rhythm of Jesus' life. We see that, and we see it throughout Scripture. We see that Jesus will retreat to an isolated place so he could return. Where's your isolated place? You want change? Where's your isolate? Where's your wilderness? Throughout the book of Mark, we notice three specific times where Jesus is praying. The first one we just read. The second one is when he feeds the 5,000. After he feeds the 5,000, the Bible tells us that he withdraws to a quiet. She sang that this morning. That Jesus withdrew to a quiet place. Where does he speak? In the quiet. The third time that he, the third time that he goes away to pray, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and where he's with his disciples, and he asked them, "Will you not? Could you not tarry with me one hour?" They were with Jesus and fell asleep. You can be where you need to be, but if you're not where you're supposed to be, you can still miss God. <laughs> Just coming in here every week, you can walk out, you can hear a strong word and still go out and not be changed. The disciples were with Jesus and he and it still fell asleep. And, and what's crazy is that they were present with Jesus but still slept through his most desperate hour. It was right before the cross. So the pattern that we see from all three of these instances is this. It was dark outside all three times. And he prays in solitude. I'll never forget dad. He would get up early in the morning. All of my life. And he'd be pumping Hosanna praise music through the house. I'm trying to sleep because I got to go to class. And then I'll be woke up by the fragrance of pancakes and bacon every day. <laughs> but he would get up before any of us in the house and he would go to his little office room. And he would dive into God's word. The day he passed, he, 
he went to the gym that day and came home and, and passed and went on to glory. As my grandmother said, she looks at it as going from one room to the next. That's what dad did. He was in the bathroom one moment, and then he was in glory the next. But what if you go back and look, he was notorious about writing the date on the devotional and the Bible that he used, all of the books that he had. And he wrote, and he wrote in the, the day that he passed away, 1020. What did he do the day before he passed? He was in the word. He got in his isolated place. And change happened. He was here one moment and gone the next. You could be sitting here today, here today and gone tomorrow, but your destination may not be the same because you weren't in the right place. I'm not upset and I'm not aggravated, so don't misinterpret my, my enthusiasm today. But I don't know how else to just be real other than just to be real. Because being fake just don't work. So where's my isolated place? Where's my wilderness? Where's my secret place with God? I'm, I'm, right, I'm giving you things to write down. Where is my secret place? The, the movie The War Room. Maybe you don't have the, the luxury of clearing out a closet. Go sit in the dark in your garage. I don't know. Crawl up in your doghouse. Father, I'm here, right here. I don't know. Find a place. There, there's a Greek word. I, I, I don't, I don't want to leave this out. There's a, there's a Greek word. It's called Aramis. And that's, that's, it's, it's what's known as a, the wilderness or an isolated place. And we can look in Scripture where Jesus, where the Holy Spirit, uh, the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness. Aramis. And then in this Scripture, we see where he went to Aramis on his own. So what am I saying? There are some times in our life where the Holy Spirit will lead us, but once you figure out where you're supposed to be, it's up to you to actually get there. What, basically what Jesus was saying, I can get to my secret place because I, I already have the directions how to get there. How many of you are waiting on God to push, drag, and move you to the next place when he, you already have the directions, and after today you know it. <laughs> you're going to know it, and that's to get in your secret place. Everybody needs an Aramis. Where's your isolated place? Listen, getting up early like Dr. D may cost you sleep, but it'll give you rest for your soul. He never said it would be easy. You think I just got up this morning and I'm ready for the notes. I'm ready for the message. No, 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 no. I had to get up about 5, 4, 35 o'clock this morning. Get in his presence. Tell the dogs. The enemy will use all kinds of stuff. I'm like, Cooper, Dexter, it's too early. It's dark. They want to go outside. Did you let them go, Pastor B? No, I told them to hold it. The enemy will use anything to distract you. You try to get up and watch. Get up and your, your air breaks. But you got to be determined and committed to get to your Aramis. Get to your isolated place. How many times throughout the year do we go back to the place? We keep going back to the place that we know is going to cause us harm. You can't find peace in the place. We're talking about environment. You can't find peace in the same place that you lost it in. Stop looking for happiness in the same place where you lost it. You know how to read your Bible. You know how to seek God on your own. You know how to serve. You know how to give. It's time to go deeper into the things of God. It's time to go further, and it's time for you and I to grow stronger. 
Listen, we're living in a time where it, you can't just get by. You're going to have to you're going to have to stand strong for yourself. Look at what's happening in Haiti. Look at what's happening in Afghanistan. Look what's happening in our city and our nation. It's going to take you finding yourself in an isolated place so you can secure your peace and then walk out the rest walk out your day. And let what let what will let whatever comes let it come on. And then before the end of the day, go back and find your secret place so you can establish your peace and rest. Half this stuff's not even in my notes, but I know it's the Spirit of God. Let's keep on going. Mark chapter 1, 36. Later, Simon and others went out. Okay, so Jesus, he went to his Aramis place, and the disciples didn't know where he was. And it said, later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, yo, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go to the other towns as well. <laughs> they're probably like, Jesus, this thing on? We said they're looking for you. And Jesus said, I know, but we got to go somewhere else. Okay, hold on. Because, see, we'll miss what God wants because we go after the urgent, rather what's most important. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go to the other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. Got too many people in the churches wanting to see the, wanting to see the manifestation of God, but they actually don't want to have anything to do with God. What Jesus was saying was, I didn't come just to heal people. I didn't come for all that. That's part of it. But what I came for, they got to get me. Too many people, I get up and go to it. Ah, too many people walking after the manifestation. What are, you, what are you really going after? The way it was always done, the way I felt it like that at Camp Colossagia in Franklin, North Carolina when I lay prostrate at, at the altar as a student. And God, if I could just go back and hear Donnie Gatlin singing, broken, Lord, I need to be broken. If all I try to do is recreate what God once did, I'll miss what he wants to do in my life today. And chances are pretty good it's not going to look like it used to. That was a mouthful, but it's so good. And if it's for nobody else, it's for me. Because I can't recreate the days of, of, of Camp Colossagia. When Donnie Gatlin comes, you don't see me going, hey, Donnie, for the altar call, can you do broken? So the first question is, where's my isolated place? If I'm moving fast, it's because I want to give all of this to you today. The second question you got to ask is, what's driving me? Because whatever drives you determines where you show up at. What drives you? The disciples were letting you know clearly what drives. They thought what drove Jesus was being able to line them up, boys, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, be healed. That was the manifestation of what he carried. But what he carries is not what's going to set you free. Jesus, only Jesus will set you free. I need to wear Buckeye stuff every Sunday because I'm preaching like it's on fire up in this place today. Yes. And I don't want it to, and I don't want it, I don't want, I don't, I don't need the cold water committee to come and put out that fire. Mm -mm, No, no, no. I've done been there them days. What's motivating you? What's driving you? As a church, we've got to ask ourselves, are we more interested in drawing a crowd or leading the crowd to, of people to God? Because the church got it backwards. Let's do whatever we can to draw a crowd. Put a cool Facebook page out and maybe people come to church. 
What God is looking for in his church is God is looking for people who are driven by obedience, not a certain outcome. Just because it can work, just because it used to work, doesn't mean it needs to work today. Just because the door opens doesn't mean it's your door to walk through. I'm now, I, now, I'm, I, now I'm talking about things, I'm praying for this. Listen, the enemy knows how to create a door and give you an opportunity if it gets you away from where God has called you to be. I mean, what'd that group say? Aerosmith, walk this way. That's what the enemy says, just walk this way. Everybody's going this way. That's why the Bible says the way to heaven is narrow. The way to hell is fat, cat. Everybody be going that way. So guess what that means? We got we to move against the flow of the crowd. And don't be so concerned if the crowd comes. But what crowd does come, you lead them and point them to Jesus. That's what I'll always do. He taught me that. I can't help you. I can't save you. We can talk it out, but I'll always lead you to Jesus. So here we see the disciples driven by the crowds. I want to be driven by what God has called me and anointed me to do. That's, all, that's what drives me. But you, you, people in the community go, man, your pastor's crazy, on fire. Yep, yep. Say so he is driven by the Holy Spirit of God. And sometimes that's too much for people because you start saying Holy Spirit, they think Casper. So you got to break it down. Sometimes you got to get off that church lingo. Sometimes you got to say, man, our, our pastor just loves Jesus. He's been through hell, but he's still on fire for God. That's what sometimes I have to say it. Because you start saying the churchy stuff, and we like to say, man, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God, be freaking people out. Just say, you know what? He, he's human just like us, hurts just like we do, and he's honest about it. You're not going to get fake right here. So the disciples wanted healing. They didn't want the truth. Jesus said, let's go somewhere else. Let's keep looking. Mark 140 says this. I gave you your second question. Yep. Are you, are you in a place where change can happen? That was our opening question. Where's your isolated place? What's driving you? Third question. And finally is this. Am I willing to do what I've never done? Y'all know what the definition of insanity is. Doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Don't work. Verse 40, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus begging to be healed. And he said this, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. I actually didn't want to get that far down. I wanted to stop at 42. Instantly, he, the, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. In closing, are you willing to do what you've never done? Are you willing to go what, in, to places you've never been? Are you asking to do what you, you've never done, things that God is asking you to do? Your life is never going to look different unless you do something different. Your marriage is never going to be different unless you do something different. Check your environment. Your relationship with your kids will not be different unless you do something different. This man was hiding. Let me just, let me just share in the last few remaining moments we have. This man with leprosy back in those days, he had to announce. Matter of fact, he had to stay within 50 paces that's 200 feet. 
that's further than that wall to that wall. And if anybody came within that 50 paces, he had to announce it and say, unclean, unclean, unclean. But he, he knew that Jesus, he said, I know that you, if you, if, that you can if you will. Can you imagine him moving to Jesus? He's surrounded by people and he's having, that Jesus is over there. Unclean, unclean, unclean. He's trying to move, unclean. Un, that gave the people the opportunity. Funny how we do that in church. We know that somebody's unclean and we clear out our row so that we don't have to be in close proximity to them. Don't, don't freak out. Your sin just looks different than theirs. Unclean, unclean. And he falls at the feet of Jesus. And he said, I know you can if you will. And he healed him. I don't know who you are today. I'm fixing to go bold. I'm going for broke. I'm going for broke. You're here today and you say, I'm unclean. I need to change. It was life or death for him. Having leprosy, if you touched him, you would also be considered unclean. And it said that the man with leprosy came and knelt at him begging to be healed. If the man would have touched Jesus, the crowd would have looked at him and said, you're unclean. Jesus don't care about our rules. He came to abolish and break them. There is, it's, it's gone. The cross set it all straight. So maybe you're here today and you go, I need change. It was life or death for him. This is serious. This is real. This is not playing games with your emotions. It was life or death for him. And he didn't care. He had, all his life, he had to be concerned with what people thought about him. He couldn't keep it a secret. He, everywhere he went, unclean, unclean. But we come to church and we, we Pinterest perfect. Instagram filters. I'm not unclean. I'm, I'm a child of God. But you're broke. The days that we understand and get past this traditional religious nonsense, religion will not change you, only a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're willing to stand up and say, I'm unclean. So that's going to be the altar call. <laughs> it's time for us to forget about what people are going to think. We do not care. God does not care. He just wants to know, will you just be honest and say, I'm broke? Will you just be honest and say the words, I'm unclean? It's time for us to see broken marriages restored. That's why we're building a church. So that people that you work with whose lives are broke, busted up, can come in and go, I'm unclean. But we want them to come in and say, I'm unclean with no shame. This is a safe environment. This is not me worried about what you're doing. I've probably done ten times worse. Got a wardrobe full of t-shirts to prove it. And God still chose to call me. 
because he put something in me a long time ago in an environment that I had no idea what he was doing. But he instilled in me because he knew in 2021 I would be standing here today encouraging you to come out, find your isolated place, and say, I want to be in the place for change. I'm unclean. So I'm going to count to three. You don't have to come forward. I'm going to pray right where you stand. But if you say, I got to have some changes made. You already made the first step. You came. Step number two is what the man did in spite of everybody who knew his sickness. And just stand and say, I'm unclean. And in that moment, in that moment, somebody say, you really want us to do it? (laughs) I really want you to do it. It's not me, it's God. I wrestled with God all week long. They're going to be so mad at me, God. They they might not even move. Because people don't want you to know that they're unclean. There's a lot of dirty people in hell. So what you saying, B? What I said. On the count of three, if you, I want to position myself to be made clean. And I want to position myself for change. Top to bottom in my life. God will work with you. He'll walk, he'll walk through it with you. And then you got a lot of unperfect people in the room. We're going to walk together. I'm at the front of the class. Two. Are you ready? People want to find change. They want to be made clean by just simply standing out loud saying, you don't have to shout. You can just say, I'm unclean. Three. Will you stand? Father, I've been obedient to your word this morning. Father, I understand it took a lot to stand, and you know that. But like the man with leprosy who ran to you, Father, we stood in your presence today. And we know that you can if you will, but we also understand that it is done I am clean I am clean I am clean come on let me hear it I am clean 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 maybe you're watching on Facebook live right now wherever you are you want to make the decision Say it right where you are. I'm unclean. And in that moment, back it up with, now I'm clean. Listening on podcast. Got it. Wherever you're listening to this, watching this at a later date, God is in the business of changing. But it matters the environment that you're in. And you've tuned in to the right place at the right time. The Bible says now 
is this the day of salvation behold now is the accepted time so father god we come before you and we're confessing our sins we're broken but we're humbled by your grace and we ask that you would cleanse us from all of our filthiness or as the bible says unrighteousness the things that are displeasing to you god we ask and repent we turn away Thank you for making us clean. Thank you for being our savior, our healer, our deliverer, our comforter, our peace, our joy, our strength. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world. God bless you. Have an awesome week.